0: Dan host of the Ring of Gambling Show. You want to join my buddy, Joe House, and I every Tuesday and Friday, we break down all the lines, the leans, totals, props, and so much more for the NBA playoff action. And JJ, you never know when the Pod Father himself, Bill Simmons, is going to stop in. Plus, we are dropping special episodes in the feed around all the big events. We have some major golf coming up. JJ, you want to get in on all of it? So whether you fancy yourself as a sharp or someone who likes to just throw a few shekels down, get on the action with the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify. What up, everybody? Brand new episode of R2C2 with a special co-host this week, uh, Cece is out west, uh, having to um, attend a funeral. So uh, we are lucky enough to have uh, basically as as wonderful a co-host fill-in as we could possibly hope for. She's done it before. She's back again. The greatest point guard in the history of the WNBA. Super! <laughs> <laughs> Sue Bird.
1: <laughs> you, you know that what? That was been...
0: that was a better version of it, Sue. It's I a like bummer. that that is, That's a that is. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming back friend yeah thanks for having me are these the new seattle storm warm-ups that you're wearing
1: no these are just team issued sweats you know you play long enough you've got all the team issued <laughs> i should start bringing out the archives you
0: should do you like have all the years like team issue gear or like when do you get rid of it or do you keep nah. specific years
1: no, I get rid of it pretty. It kind of it gets, you know, you wear it a lot, and it's summertime. So, meaning sweats in the summer. It's a lot mm. happening here. Um, <laughs> the only the only sweats that I've kept are my college sweats, and those things are hilarious.
0: Wait, you actually have like from when you were at UConn? Yeah, we have, like, like we have like year two thousand sweatpants.
1: Absolutely. Um, that- drives Megan up a wall, but I refuse to throw certain, certain items out. Um, so at Connecticut, we had, we had like, we had the cage, which is where they keep all the stuff and yeah. every, there was like, we call them the grays. No other way to describe them. They're gray. They're the grays. Anybody who went to Yukon and played a sport knows them. They're the best things that ever happened. They're so comfortable. Um, one year they were like made, like Russell made them another year. I think they were champion another year. Errol Postal came in and tried to redo (laughs) it, but there's like these OG, it just says Connecticut athletics on it, on the shirt. And then on the shorts, I still have multiple shirts, multiple shorts. So I have those, but then I also have, um, like the team issued Nike sweats that we got. They were so comfortable. It was like, no way I was throwing them out. Now they're ginormous. I mean, I could fit three of me in them, which makes me wonder what was happening back in college. But um, yeah, I refuse to throw them out. So those I have. The Storm ones, they come and go.
0: Do you wear them often?
1: No, I never wear them. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> I wore them once when the when the NCAA tournament started. I jokingly came out like out of the bedroom into the you know living room. I was like, yo, I'm ready for the game. And that's like the first time I've had them on in years.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know what I think about sometimes? Like I... Walk outside looking like an absolute bum all the time. Like I never like like some of the things, if I'm like taking Evie for a walk in the morning, I, I'm mm-hmm. like the combination of things that I've adorned myself with are, are just so alarming. And and I always think about this: like, if you are someone who is either a big-time celebrity or you know, is known for their fashion, mm-hmm. like the the pressure. To have to dress yourself at least a little bit every time you step no. outside the door. Do you feel this pressure? I don't. I don't you know. not you're like a fashion. Maybe if you're,
1: maybe icon if you're like, at this point. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like maybe if like you're Kardashian level, but I don't know. Was it what's that one section in, in Us Weekly? Stars, they're just like us. It's like everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone, you know, goes to get the mail or walks yes. their daughter yeah. or goes yeah. to the, you know goes to get a coffee. You're catching me on I practice right after this. So I'm in like full I mean
0: full, <laughs> You're full storm gear.
1: Um as as, as they it. say in soccer, I'm a full kit wanker right now. Just full <laughs> kit. I've got it all on. I'm you ready to You got your basketball go. shorts,
0: you got your 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 practice shirt. I know. Uh, it's yeah, funny though. I I I I do think about this cuz I I I'm just like yeah, I, I just leave the house wearing whatever I want. So a lot of times, like if I'm looking <laughs> so particularly bumish, so you don't, you don't feel this pressure ever.
1: Not no, not like your everyday. Go into the drugstore. <laughs> no, I don't feel the pressure at all. I'm like whatever you wear, whatever yeah. you wear, throw some yeah. stuff
0: on. So, but if you're going to an event where people are going to see you, or if you're walking to the arena for your games, like your runway walk, then you feel it. <laughs>
1: runway, yeah, yeah. No, even that. Like I joke that there's pressure, but it's like I'm I have fun with it now like i'm starting to really enjoy like putting it all together and figuring out the outfit so it's like it's not too stressful if you, you know have a road trip it can be a lot but
0: yeah you you know yeah i know miss i'll always check a bag i can never carry on
1: Um i, I don't even know people that don't check when the trip is longer <laughs> than like three four days i don't even i cannot even my hairspray alone <laughs> i'm like what am i i can't what am i gonna do
0: I think my record is I think thirteen days I went once with a with I mean you're only just carry on. Same, yeah, but
1: you're yeah. just wearing the same clothes over and over.
0: Yeah. At that point it was like, all right, I have like maybe one pair of jeans, I have like a couple workout shorts and shirts, and then I have like a few tops times I can change with the out? jeans. Yeah. You're
1: re wearing the workout, I can't.
0: Yeah, I know. It's kind of nasty. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, usually maybe get two part... wears out of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: maybe you can slide on the shorts, but the shirt.
0: I, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking 13 days. I think it might have been 11. I think I did 11 w- with only carry-on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still pretty good. International too. International, Sue. Yes.
1: I, and by the way, I don't like even rolling it in the airport. It's just like, a. and then you got to get on the flight early. You got to worry yeah. about your boarding. You it's know, true. where you board to make sure you have overhead space. <laughs> like, oh God, it's like traveling stressful uh-uh. enough. I don't need that.
0: I know. I do often like wonder about the pressure I feel to board early, and yeah. it's simply because I'm carrying on.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the only reason. It's Otherwise. the only
0: reason. Otherwise, yeah. I would just walk on last second. Um, hey, you were uh, on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Now,
1: speaking of clothes.
0: Yeah. Speaking of clothes, <laughs> you weren't wearing a lot of them. I
1: took them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it came out. It came out great. Yeah, what
0: like that's an iconic issue, right? Like it's yeah. every year, you know, sports illustrated swimsuit. Um when you get a call about that, is it exciting?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um even in one of the interviews that I did, I mean, I think anyone my age or like in this generation remembers the commercials. And it was like Sports Illustrated was always trying to like Sling their magazine to everybody and being like, "Oh, you get—I don't even remember now—like thirty-two issues a year, and of course, you know which one comes with that if you get a subscription: (laughs) the swimsuit edition, like that one. I remember that, that. of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. and a sweatshirt—you get a sweatshirt and the swimsuit. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's like an iconic magazine, an iconic issue. Um, The ways in which they were like the ways in which this um, this particular edition kind of like props up women and is talking about the different, you know, different ways in which um, women's, I don't know, bodies can represent. It's just, there's so much going on that they're, they're putting at the forefront that I think the WNBA represents. I'll leave it at that. And yeah. so I think all of us are really excited.
0: Oh, that's awesome. When you see the pictures come out, are you like examining them closely? I already saw like- them. Yo, you did, did they let you choose or how does that work?
1: No, no, you don't choose, but, um, you're like, we already saw all, I've seen like every picture I took in those gotcha. two days. Gotcha. So yeah. I was did like, you like, yeah.
0: you like the cover they chose?
1: Yeah, that was, um, we only did a couple of group shots we spent. So basically we went down to St. Thomas there for like three days. One day was all five of us together on a, like a, like a boat, like a yacht hit, went out on the water. And took all the group photos like in different places on the yacht. There's a couple of us, a couple of them where we're like jumping in the water, like doing different things. We'll see what actually comes out when the magazine comes out. Yeah. Uh, And then like Stewie and NECA had gotten there the day before. So they did their solo shoot the first day. Then we did the group shot, the five of us. And then me, Tia, um, Taya, and Didi. we stayed and we did our solo shoots together. Like at the same Yeah, yeah. When you do so the yacht like, shoot,
0: are you like, are you guys like drinking during it? Are you like partying during the shoot or? Yeah, you, you like? can. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah you could do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's they fun. have Everything's available if you want it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fun though. So it was that. Actually- oh yeah.
1: We had a great time. I'm yeah. honestly, this was a great group. I had a great time just hanging like more than anything. Yes. It's amazing to have these pictures. They came out great. I think we all look wonderful. Again, I love what it represents, but um, the memories I have from the trip. It was a lot of fun just hanging out with everybody.
0: You know, I saw one of the videos from Dee online and she was talking about like how she didn't sleep the night before because she was like excited, <laughs> but then also because yeah. the call time is so early. And I remember so tex- texting with you during that and you being like, yeah, I have to wake up at, it was like three in the morning or something like that?
1: Yep, 3 a.m. Because you have to get your hair and makeup done and then you have to be like there when the sun comes up because they have to, Jeez. you know, you only have, and you can't. I didn't know this, but you can't, it's difficult to capture in like the lunchtime hours. So let's call it eleven to one, like somewhere in there, because the sun's like almost too bright. Mm. Like at its at its like tippy top. So you have to hit you want to get it like maximum sun exposure. So right when the sun comes up, you gotta get out there. Then you get your lunch break, and then you you wrap it up until the sun goes down.
0: Are you napping during your lunch break? I mean, no.
1: I think yeah. at that point, you're just kind of on a high, anyways. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. adrenaline. And you're also yeah. like
1: really monitoring what you're putting in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got <laughs> well, well,
0: I do remember because you were in New York. I know what it was. Remember, I was going to Forge like the night before you were leaving? Oh, yeah. Or something. You were like, and I was do you like,
1: want like, Cookies. I was like, Yeah, nah, I'm
0: good. Go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it you
1: wasn't, want some eight minute cookies? Yeah. Not tonight.
0: It wasn't not the tonight. night. It wasn't the night for that. It wasn't the
1: night. No, for that. no. But I'll tell you what. The minute that the minute that photo shoot ended, there was like a big dinner we went to. Oh, Smash City
0: crushed everything.
1: Everything. Everything in sight.
0: It's so funny, isn't that like? It's so interesting because I I do feel like most athletes I know, they, like they're so not not all, but like they're so structured with Mm -hmm. how they have to be at certain times that like when the switch is flipped, it's like, oh, it's go time. It's like, I'm crushing. And I'm built that way too, despite not being an athlete. It's like, if I'm locked in, I'm going to have like, you know, a very high level of discipline. The second in my mind, I'm like, oh no. Yeah, you let go. Oh (laughs) gosh, just crush, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like kind of a lot of athletes, I think we're like trained like from an early age. It's kind of like all or nothing a little bit. So it's like, you're either all disciplined or you're like going crazy. It's never, there's never like a in-between. Rarely, Mm -hmm. rarely in-between.
0: You're a couple games into the 2022 WNBA season. Mm -hmm. Have in your mind, has, have you been feeling like, oh, this is my final season. This feels different. Has everything felt the same? Have you been taking things in differently? How have yeah. you sort of experienced it thus far?
1: Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I haven't. I have not much has changed. I think I came into the season. Um, well, so the viewers, so I can catch the the listeners up. Yeah, catch uh, them up,
0: Sue. Catch them up. This
1: is yeah. This is the way I've been explaining it. This is like more than likely my last year. I'm I'm approaching it that way. I've left this small little crack open in the event that something changes because I think when you're an athlete and I know I'm sure Tom Brady probably went through this, you know, and to be honest, I was definitely one of those people that when he like undid his retirement, I wasn't surprised by that. I I, like, I feel like, because I think if you're an athlete and you still think you have more in the tank, you, you know, I actually, the better way to describe it is, you know, once you walk away, that's it, you can never go back. And there's some people And I'm sure like, we've talked to CC a bunch about this. Mm. I remember watching Tina Thompson when she retired. Some people just know, they Mm -hmm. know it's their last year. Like whether they play amazing or not, whether they're healthy or not, like they just know. And that's Mm -hmm. great. And I think there's some of us (laughs) that are kind of like, oh, we still can do it. And once you do stop, it's done, it's over. You can never go back. So that's why I'm leaving a little bit of a crack. Um, But I'm, I'm like, pretty sure it's my last year so you know I know that confuses everybody and it probably makes it difficult to talk about for the media I apologize but you know yeah thanks what it is yeah it is what it is you guys (laughs) love to live
0: yeah well exactly (laughs) it's your life not ours um (laughs) it it is do you have an idea of like what would have to transpire for you to play another year you're just like leaving it open just in case you're like at the end you're like you know what no I want to do this again
1: Yeah, yeah basically yeah, yeah yeah. Um so what I have kind of noticed in these first couple in training camp, first couple of weeks there's no changing of the approach. Like I have a it's like ingrained in how I do this and how I approach this and how I, you know, treat a season and I can't like break a 20 year habit. It's just too difficult. So my approach hasn't changed. There are times where I'm like it's just a game, enjoy it. Like it's these are fans, this is great. Like enjoy it or these this could be your last like team that you're on. Enjoy those moments, of course, so I'm like noticing that within like in the in between moments, but for the most part, it feels like any other year in a lot of ways. Mm.
0: that's interesting. Um, I'm glad you're taking a little moment to notice some things and enjoy some things. Mm-hmm. I can remember during Derek Jeter's final season him talking about that and him dad his dad talking to him about that, like. Because yeah. he he very much like you, like if I think of if I think of sports figures who I associate with winning, you know you and Derek Jeter are two of the first you know five six people I think of. You know I think of Jordan, I think of uh, Tom Brady. You know, uh, but you guys, there's something about um, you know the way you all are that's just like no, those are winners, you know. Um, and so, and I think winners are a super you know, there's a super select programming, right? Where it's like, you're so just like drilled. What kind of what you're talking about? Like, you only know one way to do this, right? You're so drilled that it's like, if I lose track of focus, like I'm not going to be able to do what I do. And and I, I thought it was good that like, Derek actually said he did find ways to, you know, actually appreciate parts of the journey and soak it in a little bit more. So I'm glad even if it's not, you know, I'm working on that part. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad there's at least little, you know, cause I have to believe there's a way to, for you to stay locked in, but still have little moments of sort of appreciation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like navigating that. I'm doing my best. Um, I think more than anything, it's like what I said, it's just, how do you break a 20 plus year habit or like a 20 plus year mindset? Like this is you know, even when I think of retirement, that's gonna be I'm gonna have to like develop a whole new life in some ways. You know, just because it was it was really easy last year to be honest, even though very quickly after the season end last ended last year and the fans chanted one more year, as we've all seen. Um, very quickly, I you know, I woke up the next couple of days and very quickly I knew that I probably was gonna come back. But even then it was easy to come back because it's like I know how I know how this offseason works. I know what this looks like. I know what my schedule is. I know how to operate within this, you know. So it's just falling right back into a routine that I've been doing. Um so yeah, it's it's hard to to break that. Um, but I'm figuring it out.
0: What do you think the thing is, or is there something that excites you most when you think about <laughs> life after basketball? When you think about, you know, oh, I'm not gonna be preparing for a season.
1: Um because I think the same, the answer I'll give you is probably the same things that I'll miss. So it's kind of, it's a little bit bitter, bittersweet. I think there's some parts of what makes, you know, being on a team sport so great is like all the thing, all the cliche things, yeah. they're cliches because they're true. It's like the journey, the process, yeah. the coming together as a team, you know, the grind, right? Like what do people always say, it's like the hard stuff is what makes it great. Um, but all that hard stuff is hard, you know, the stress of it um, the pressure to win. I remember when the Olympics ended last year and, you know, our national team was going for its seventh gold medal in a row. Um, you know, we're in a bubble in Tokyo. It was just like a lot. And when that was over and I knew that was going to be like my final USA basketball experience, there was a little relief, like, Oh gosh, now I don't have to go to bed at night, stressed about winning a gold medal. You know what I mean? It's nice to let go of that, but I'm also going to, it's going to be the same things that I miss.
0: Such a weird juxtaposition, it's kind of uh, the character who plays Jerry West on winning time, which um, <laughs> I, I know Megan has been watching, but you need to catch up on <laughs> uh, um yeah, yeah. It, he he ta- he has a conversation with Magic Johnson about it, and how like in the in the show, whether or not this happened in real life, I have no idea. I know Jerry's suing, but I feel like Jerry needs to watch the entire season because he actually turns into like a one of the main protagonists who you're really rooting for, so. Jerry, I know it didn't start good for you, but I think you're gonna like it if you stick with your character um but I, I he talks about that very thing about how like he's like i've it's something to the effect of like I've been miserable for all of these years yeah and, and yet and yet being outside of it, I can't stand a second of, of being outside of it, you know, and it's a yeah. drug it's it it yeah, it is it is a
1: drug it is a drug, it totally is, and sometimes um I've said in the past when people have asked about like doing TV or live sports. Right. And the beauty of live, of your job <laughs> and those around you, this could be a nice segue. The beauty of it is it's live. So it does get your juices going because you're live. You can't take it back, but it's not quite the same, not quite the same. Um, and I, so it's like, you know, as an athlete, you're never going to be able to get that again.
0: That I, I always think of, um, And I've had these conversations with you about the finality of it all. And like, I think I've even brought up this reference maybe to you before, but my the president of Fordham, Father McShane, when I was a senior graduating, and he's one of the best orators I've ever heard in my life. And I love good speeches. Like I'm a, I'll go (laughs) down YouTube rabbit holes, just looking for great (laughs) speeches. And he gave this speech on my, uh, his, you know, on commencement day. And, um, He he started the whole speech before he got into kind of like his point of it all Mm -hmm. by like giving this really sobering, almost like heart piercing reality of it being it'll never be like
1: this again.
0: Yes, yes. And he he was kind of just like it is done. Everything you've experienced here for the last four years, you will never experience again. Uh, And he and he went through beat by beat by beat, and I was just like, I mean, it kind of made you feel bad. I knew what he was doing, but like it made you feel it. It made you feel the, you know, the, the magnitude of it, you know, and there is something that I think is important for any athlete to appreciate about that in the sense of like, you know, no matter what you do in your life, it will never feel like this. That doesn't mean it's going to feel better or worse. It just is different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. It's just different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, the one thing I don't, the one thing I don't do, the one thing I don't think I'll do this whole season, I don't live in the, I actually don't believe in the like, play this game like it's your last. Because first of all, that's bullshit. It's impossible. Because if you play something like it's your last, you're going to be out there with your hair on fire. And that's like not sustainable. That, that feeling of it's your last. I personally, like maybe it's just for me. I don't find that to be sustainable. It's like not a sustainable physical state. It's not a sustainable mental state. So it's like that I'm not doing. Like we're in Phoenix right now. I actually think we come back here. So this wouldn't be the best example, but I can't just be like, this is my last time at the Kimpton Hotel in Phoenix. <laughs> like who can, who can live like that every day? And I get that question a lot.
0: Yeah. About yeah. like, oh,
1: this Too was
0: last. your last,
1: this was your last first day of training camp. I didn't even think of it until a reporter asked me. Yeah. Cuz like how can I live like that? It's my last second day. It's my last third day. Like who can that's not sustainable. So that's no. like definitely one thing I'm not doing.
0: Yeah, you would blow your emotional load really early if you yeah. yeah. I I know. It's that that's that's too much. And and I think that also like some of that then becomes manufactured like the important lasts they're just going to hit you to a certain yeah. degree, you know? Definitely. Like it's just going to be like, "Oh wow," you know? And 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 it's not going to be something that you have to manufacture in any way. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. And it's a it's just where being an athlete is so different. You know, it's just a and to your point about like broadcasting into being live, I used to always say like what drew me into doing play by play was I used to say it's the closest thing to that feeling of the energy and the rhythm of the game if you're not playing or coaching. Like, you know, if you're not going to play or coach, why do I love play by play? Because I love that like when I'm calling a game, I can feel the rhythm of it in my voice and I can feel the energy of the action and the, you know, the cadence of the action. I can feel it in me as I'm calling the game. Mm -hmm. Like there's a high to that, you know, like it, it, that it, it reminds me of when I used to like act in plays as a kid, there's just like, there's a high to that live performance that you can, you know, that it just, it's, it's an, it's a crazy adrenaline rush. And when you get a great game, there's this high afterwards and, you know, and it it's, to me, the closest thing that, for me, that I felt other than experiencing sports, which I obviously only did until, you know, my early 20s.
1: Right. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, how annoyed are you as a commentator when the game's a blowout?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> it, it, is, it, it depends on the... It depends or are you on like, the...
1: hey, I get to talk more?
0: No, never, never. I, <laughs> okay. will, I, 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 I will take, the only time I'm okay with a blowout is like, let's say I've called a bunch of games in a row and my voice is tired. Then I'm like, all right, I'll take a blowout today. You know, like <laughs> I'm all right with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like for example, like when the final four games when uh-huh. <laughs> that we just had where they weren't like bad games, but they just weren't especially after the Elite Eight games that we had, the Elite Eight yeah. game that we had in Bridgeport, double OT, first ever uh, in you know Elite Eight or later. And mm-hmm. then uh, even the Sweet 16 games we had were great with like Notre Dame and NC State and that drama. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then to go to the Final Four and there was so much amazing attention around those games and you could feel the audience and and everything feels big and you prepare your ass off and there's just like a high going into it. And then when the game isn't great, it's like kind of this feeling of like, I I have all this, you know, pent up energy I need to let go <laughs> yeah. somewhere, you know? Like yeah. so it's disappointing in the in we those. Should have, we, moments.
1: Should have looped, we should have looped you guys into the BTS show.
0: You should have. You should have. We could have, <laughs> could have, we could your have energy. let it go. Could have your <laughs> yeah, energy. We, we could have let it go. Did you did you enjoy doing that with, with D?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, I think the craziest part of it was just like. I've, I've obviously done like enough TV where I, I know how it goes. Yeah. You know, like I understand the flows and the countdown in your ear. And so like, I'm not like so unfamiliar with that, where this was just like, whoa, what is this? But at the same time, both of us are like, we don't know what, the, well, we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> and, they're, and they're just like gave us mics and we're like, what's up? And they're like, and this is what we're going to do for the opening. Uh, a couple of times I was like, D, do you want to take it to commercial this time? I just felt like the <laughs> aggressive head nod, you know, right. <laughs> or so I'm like, I've actually been that person. So I get it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, but otherwise it was great. Other than the fact that we didn't know what the hell we were doing, which I think played well to it all. Yeah. Um, uh, we had a blast. It was like, you know, bringing on the guests, doing it on zoom, interviewing people is, can be t- like hard. Yeah. And a lot of times we didn't even know, we didn't really have a plan on what we wanted to ask. We just like went with it. And I think that actually made it easier for us. It took pressure off. I think when you have like a, like something, like a schedule you're trying to follow, that's where you're trying to get things in. You're trying to move things around. For us, we just literally got to go out there and wing it. Um, and I think it made it fun. And of course, Dee's hilarious. And we had great guests. So all in all, it wasn't it le- it was it was really a ra- about basketball. That's like the one thing that I would was- yeah that was like kind of but we asked the ESPN we're like so like do you want us to talk about the game and they're like i mean if you can squeeze it in go for it i'm
0: like okay well because if anyone's like really intent on being into each possession then they're they're watching our broadcast right yeah, that's like true. that yeah. that's why there's like there's something to serve both audiences um yeah and you had a ton of great viral moments let me ask you you have like in that show you played the role of you know, point guard, traffic cop, even if it was a looser format, you still were in yeah. charge of that. Um, right. and then sometimes you're playing the role of, you know, shooting guard, right? Like where let's say what you were on our pre and post game set uh for WNBA finals last year, right? Where someone's teeing you up and right. you're just hit with a point. Do you prefer one role to the other on TV?
1: Um I'm not sure. I think the shooting guard role is easier in some ways because um, once you understand the like ebbs and flows of the TV part and once you kind of like, and especially if you're talking about something, you know, so when it was the WNBA, that was really easy for me because I, I'm like, so I'm like so ingrained in all of it. I know everything about everything. Whereas when I do it for college, it's way more challenging because you have to like learn the teams and learn the players. I don't know it as well. So there's that. Um, so in some ways that's easier because it's, it's what makes it easier is that I've been interviewed my whole life. So this is just another version of being interviewed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So even for like someone like Dee, who's not on TV that much. And this wasn't what we did that Bird and Tarazi show. She definitely wasn't being interviewed. Like she had to like say, we both had to say things on our own, but we're, we're just very used to being interviewed. So when you go to TV in that role, you're just being interviewed. It's just what you've always done. Whereas for me personally, because I don't know how to do like play by play, not play-by-play, play, um, like hosting. Yeah. Because I don't know how to post, I have to like learn new skills. And so obviously that's going to be more challenging. But I think if, to, to, I feel like I know where you're going with this. So if I, if my level of like skill was the same in both, I don't know. It's 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 it depends. It depends on that skill level like which what makes it more challenging.
0: It's so interesting because as someone who is 99% of the time in the, you know, driver seat of hosting or point guarding, right? Yeah. Like when I would get like when I was on the Michael K show for uh a year and I was our third third man on the show, I loved it, but it it almost felt like it felt like I was off. You know what I mean? Like it felt like I was just yep. like on vacation as I'm on, but I just have to talk about things, not thinking at all. And you realize just how much of a mental burden it is to be. Cause like even now, right now it's a podcast, it's loose and you and I are good friends. So it's not like hard to come up with things to talk about, but I'm always at least a little bit thinking, Yeah, what am I going to talk about next? What am I going to bring up uh, next? You know, like where are we going to go next with our conversation? You know, and there is a, there's a tax on that, which, you know, get inside the box of a radio show with structured breaks, or even more so a television show with shorter periods of time and structured breaks. And it really consumes a lot of your mind. Yeah. You're, you're just you're,
1: constantly like jockeying in the back of your head, like exactly. navigating and like you're constantly trying to think. I mean, even when yeah. we had the guests on, cause we're not interviewers. Right. Like, and that I totally, I mean, I appreciate that that is a whole other talent in and of itself. As people are talking, you're simultaneously trying to listen to what they're saying while thinking of what you, what you're going to follow up with. <laughs> yes. And we, we had, D and I had like a good goodbye or a good flow of like, I would ask a question. She would ask a question. I would ask. So it's like, once you asked your question, you knew you were going to get one question off, <laughs> if <Yeah>. you will <laughs> yeah. to give you time to think.
0: <laughs> right. Um,
1: and then, you know, we had Bill Walton on there and he just asked himself questions. So that was, that was a plus too.
0: The good news is, Sue, so if you stay in this business, you know uh, we can all make Tom Brady money someday. So yeah, you know, let's oh do it. this is what <laughs> I, 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 oh I said: two ten years, three hundred seventy-five million. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh! But you know what it is? It's a it's a high barrier to entry, right? Because it's for him to he's not taking that job unless it's something like that. You know, like so. It's like yeah you know, is he worth that? I don't know, but you're not getting him unless you pay him something like that, <laughs> you know? So, and for me, it's it, it's funny because people get a <laughs> warped sense of like what the money's like in our industry then just because of a few, yeah. you know, yachts floating around. They're like, wait, <laughs> you didn't get the motorized blinds in your new house? No, I'm not making the Tom Brady money, okay? <laughs> uh,
1: but, Honestly, get uh, the motorized blinds. You think so? Yes.
0: Everywhere we're getting blinds?
1: get motorized.
0: All right. All right. You will not
1: that is cut cut corners somewhere else.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell Andrea.
1: Don't eat yeah. organic for a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a good, that's a good decision. But I do think there's like a rising tide raises all boats thing, you know, yeah. for the industry at large where I'm like I see the money Tony Romo got and Joe Buck got and, you know, Troy Aikman got and Tom Brady got and I'm like hell yeah, keep it going, fellas. Let's you know like because at some think- point, shrapnel is going to catch some of us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: true. Um, I also think football is just so unique in this in this commentating world. And I noticed it, ironically, from going on the Manning cast, mm. right? Experiencing that, like going and, and kind of experiencing, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Experiencing that versus doing what was a version of, of a Manning cast, a mega cast with me and D for yeah. basketball. So it's like football, and I think this is what makes. And obviously, Tony Romo and Troy Aikman have like proven. Even Dan Orlovsky, like on his, yes, like they've proven the quarterback yeah. and the knowledge the quarterback has. This is like, I mean, this is a gift for all of us to be able to get in these these guys' heads and like hear them talk about different things. Because no like, let's no be definitely. honest, even even hardcore fans probably don't know how football really works. Like it's, it's a very difficult sport to to really understand, but yeah. So what I noticed right away was like, oh, football, it's a little slower and every possession, Megan and I were just talking about this earlier, every possession. I, I always obviously go to basketball terms, literally every time the ball changes possession, the team, it's the equivalent of like an end of quarter shot. Yeah. But it's happening every possession. So, okay, yeah, they might they might get to a, they might get a new set of downs, right? If they, you know, go 10 yards in the first or second down, of course. But once that third down comes, which happens a lot, they're either, you know, scoring or turning it over essentially, or getting obviously getting another first down. But like that happens a thousand times a game. So it's just like to have a quarterback be able to talk you through that every single possession. Is such a unique thing, and that's why, like, and obviously because NFL has crazy TV deals and just crazy money as it is. I'm not surprised by this Tom Brady deal at all. I mean, I mean, I joke. We joked in the earlier. It's like people would turn on the TV to watch him do anything. Anyways, he's just like of that air. It,
0: it's funny because it started to change the mold a little bit. Like where you know what we would always say is the only person who watches the game for the broadcaster is the broadcaster's mom. Like you're yeah. watching the game for the game, right? Like, yeah. so it's sort of like you don't credit broadcasters for the ratings. If, if the game is between two terrible teams and it's a dog shit game, you could have the yeah. greatest broadcast team of all time. People aren't going to tune in, but changing. I, I, it's changing a little bit. Yeah. Snoop because,
1: I think Snoop Dogg's actually the best example of this. I would yeah. watch Snoop Dogg talk about anything. He did yeah. that boxing. I was yeah. like, I'd watch, I'd watch him talk about anything.
0: And you know what? You have this unique combination of these guys who are interesting, who you'd want to listen to regardless. And then they also have the credentials and skills and gift of yep. gab to be able to talk about the game, you know? Like, so
1: yeah. To me it was when, when Tony Romo, when Tony Romo called like over the top to Gronk
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, like
1: called a bunch of plays, that to me was the moment. It probably changed everything. Yeah. For quarterbacks in the world of and and quarterbacks have been doing it. We just listed a bunch, but like that, I think i will put everybody like, oh dang, and now everybody wants to hear what other, what quarterbacks have to. They want to hear them call it. Yeah, like literally and, predict the future.
0: And it's a great it's a great lesson on leverage too, right? Because ESPN really wanted Tony Romo, CBS didn't want to lose Tony Romo. Tony Romo got to name his price, and now boom, standard set and industry mm-hmm. changed. You know, forever probably. Sue, I know you got to go in, in in a minute here. Mm-hmm. I just I want to ask you real quick: Do you have any hot take you want to get off your chest about anything at all, or the NBA playoffs?
1: Um, God, pressure. Not really. Uh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, not really. I can't wait for the Knicks to be in the playoffs. Is that a hot take?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you you're not a, you're not alone there. I think there's a lot of people who have joined you in this. You had the playoffs okay. last year.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, it didn't last. No, long. it did.
1: No, it didn't yeah. last long. No. Um, no, the NBA playoffs have been amazing. Um, there's no hot take here. Yeah. Injuries Injuries are always going to tell stories oh, of I know. how they so sadly.
0: Your boy Lowry. I know. Oh, oh your He's boy back Lowry. now. He's,
1: get, he's getting back, right? He
0: is. Well, yeah, but Wait, he's but, out for game five.
1: Oh, he, he is. Came, he came back
0: and now he's out again. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah so injuries again. always tell the story. Mm. Um, sadly that's happening for
0: the NBA players it happens in the WNBA. Yeah, it does. Um, all right. I got, I know you got to run to practice. Um, yeah, I, I get you, you have,
1: you have a couple, we have a couple of minutes. Okay. I gave myself a you,
0: little question. You do. Okay. Then let me, I just want to ask you this. If is you te- we can, it's a podcast. so We can cut off mid, mid thought. If you got to run. I, I wanted to ask you about, it's the start of the WNBA season. There's a lot of buzz this year, which is great. We have a ton of games on ABC, whatever. um, including Saturday, I'll be there uh, to do your game against Phoenix. Um, how about, I, I probably, I should ask you about BG as well, just because I'm sure people, I know you, everybody's kind of, you know, talking about this in a measured way because it's very sensitive, trying to get her back here, obviously. But I wanted to ask you just first about the roster size stuff. Like, mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of talk about this right now, Sue, how hard it is to make a roster in the W draftees getting cut left and right. What are your overall thoughts about that in a way in which you can give it with the time constraints? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, It's complicated. It's complicated because, you know, a lot of people who are coming to the WNBA now and they see like 12 teams, 12 roster spots, and they don't necessarily understand we have a hard salary cap. So it's like, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to process, but like any, any league, it's like step-by-step you go places within your CBA that allows for certain things. Um, it's always a negotiation. So we are where we are because I think at some point you have to go through kind of like the mud to see what you actually need done. And so even mm. though it's, even though it's terrible that there's a lot of talent left on the table right now, um, people are seeing it and, and players, coaches, GMs, the league itself, fans, people are talking about it and now it'll help us maybe expand right now. There's going to be a buzz around expansion. It, there could be someone out there right now who picked up an art, you know, happened to read an article about it and they're like, man, I need to get involved in WMB ownership. You never know. So I guess my point, is, like, even though it sucks in the moment for certain players, you kind of have to go through this part to see what you need to then, you know, um, help, 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 help things change. But to me, I would start with, I think an easy fix is having certain exceptions within our CBA within like our free agency where you can pay certain players and it not hit the cap, right? Veterans that gives, minimum type thing. Yeah, and that gives like that gives maybe it's not technically a soft cap at that point because it's only like one person a team. And there's actually I, I want to say the end, Well, first of all, a lot of leagues do this, but I want to say the NWSL might do it. I forget who I was talking to recently. Where oh, I know what it was. The Australian league does it. Where they're a lot, they have a salary cap. But they're allowed to have one player that they can pay whatever, and it oh, doesn't. Wow. hit Yeah,
0: that's interesting.
1: Right. So if that were the case, it would allow for more maneuvering within the cap. So you could keep people because the talent's only getting cut because of the money, because of the constraints of it. I so the the next level of that if you, after exceptions would be just to like. I mean, some of this comes. You have to have certain ex- exceptions because of the hard cap, but to me, it's like. Stewie actually tweeted about this, maybe having practice players, do we go the route of a quote unquote G league, which for us, I think how it would look is like the three X three, which is becoming really big. Does that, does that serve as sort of like a G League where you can pull players from it and they can stay because what's happening is the really you know, shitty part is that these players that are getting cut, they're not around WNBA teams they are not around WNBA players. And so they, their talent can't develop the same. Right, it's just not the same. They can go overseas and develop it, but it, it, it does it pays dividends to be on WNBA rosters, even if you don't play. I'm. Just, it's like it's why in the NFL they have the practice squad. Like it matters. And well, so we of, have to get to that place.
0: Think about just think about guys right now in the NBA playoffs. I gotta who, go. Who, who, you know who who aren't uh, all right. No Sue, no, really, I have to go. go. Go, bye. Okay, thank bye. you. Yeah, you're the best. <laughs> bye. <laughs> well, I, I, we really did take Sue right up to the brink, as you could tell. She has to run to practice. Uh, good thing is, you know in her uh, 19th season playing, they hold the bus for her, I hope. Otherwise, we're in trouble here on R2C2. But it's interesting what Sue was just bringing up, and I think, you know, anybody can appreciate this, you know, whether, you know, you've thought about it in regard to the WNBA or not, you know, it's hard to have the talent of younger players develop who may be fringe roster players but aren't getting a chance to stay on a roster because of the restrictions. And if you're not familiar, the WNBA is a hard cap to the point that you know, a lot of teams, even though they can have 12 rostered players, only have 11 because they're hitting that hard cap. And unlike the NBA, which has, you know, multiple exceptions um, where they can extend beyond uh, the cap, the WNBA does not have that. So, you know, there isn't a mid-level exception or you can't, you know, sign a player to a veteran's minimum and it not count against the cap. Uh, the the WNBA doesn't have that. So the rosters get constrained. Perfect example from Sue's team, Avena Westbrook. Went into camp, had a really good camp. Uh, they ended up having a cutter because they needed another big because they one of their bigs right now is hurt. They would have loved to have her stay around because they think she could end up being a good contributing WNBA player. But they just didn't have the space. Now, how does Avena keep her hat in the ring, so to speak, to continue to develop and become a WNBA player at some point? You know, e- even think about. Uh, you know, somebody like, if you want to use an example close to home, think about guys like Spencer Dinwiddie or Joe Harris, who have ended up becoming twenty million dollar a year players in the NBA, but you know may never have gotten that chance if the NBA had a similar structure to the WNBA and they weren't able to stay, you know, on a roster, go to the G League, things of that nature. So it's a, it's a problem that probably does um, need to get adre- get addressed. I know we didn't have time to get into. BG with um, Sue, but you know I just hope that uh, now that it is uh, in the State Department's hands to a certain degree, that everything uh, that can be done is to get Britney Griner home. We miss her on the floor. She is such a wonderful, sweet spirit. To her, Uh, she's obviously one of the most dominant forces in the game. But really, it's her overall presence that is missed in the W because she is is just you know one of the most lovely human beings to be around. And so we all uh, we all wish Brittany the best, and we hope that you know she does get back soon. Um, you know the other thing, just WNBA wise, that we didn't touch on with Sue, but I forget what I was listening to the other day. It might have been it might have been something in Adam Grant's book Think Again, which I cannot recommend more highly. You know, we all are are sort of caught in this um, vortex of you know self confirmation and echo chambers, which are Quite honestly, they're they're algorithmically pushed to us in the technology that we uh, digest. So that you know, it, it's it's part of why you know we've seen this uh, dramatic political polarization that we see. Um, but Adam's book is so wonderful at uh, just sort of teaching you tools to rethink things and to you know be willing to let go of some of your hard-held opinions to actually listen to somebody else um it's a it's a wonderful book uh, that i really think teaches some great tools just for how to think about things um but he at some point i believe it was in the book references the idea of how it's silly to ask for to to think you can only invest in something once you've seen the results right like well you never get to the results if you haven't invested and that's something that wmba players have been arguing for a while um, and I think that is changing in the league thanks to Kathy Engelbert. They had a fundraise this offseason um, for the league. And uh, you know, I believe it's a it's a great precedent to start with the league. But I've thought about that when people say, like, well, you know, you would make more money if the ratings were even higher, if the if it, you know, necessitated so. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Like pour the money into it. That'll help elevate everything around the production of the product, and then watch the way the money grows. And it was just a, just a good crystallizing example for me. I thought about like, yeah, of course, like you have to invest in order to get those results. You can't just wait for the results and then say, okay, now I'm going to invest. You know, It's easy to sell the ads when the ratings are through the roof, right? I'm not talking about the W. I'm just talking about any particular programming. It's harder to sell it before, but those people who get in on the ground floor often can find great satisfaction knowing that they are part of the reason that the growth happened. Um, And so bringing it back to the W, I hope that that continues to happen because the product is incredible and deserves that kind of investment. And I know we'll continue to flourish with it. Uh, You can actually watch us 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC Saturday. Uh, Sue will be playing Seattle Phoenix. um, And uh, we'll have some commemorative stuff uh, uh, just uh, trying to draw attention to Brittany, and, and um, you know getting her home as well. So make sure you're tuned into that. All right. C will be back next week. Uh, we also have some big news upcoming on R2C2, so stay locked into our social channels as well as our YouTube page. going to be really important for you guys to subscribe to that, so make sure you go to our YouTube page. Um, just type in R2C2 in a YouTube search and subscribe. You'll stay up to date, and you can tune into all our social channels as well. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well Subscribe to us Wherever you get your podcasts We'll be back next week With another R2C2 Big thanks to Bobby Wagner Sadie Zillow Our incredible producers Peace everybody